Welcome to Where Leaders Connect, a Corporate Connections podcast where every week we sit down with one of the incredible men and women that make up our membership and explore a little bit about what makes them unique, what drives them and their business choices. My name is David O'Neill, National Director of Corporate Connections Canada, and I am delighted to be joined by my amazing co-host, Heather Arthur. Heather, lovely to see you again. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. We have a very exciting guest today. Tell us who we have. We do indeed. Uh, Mr. Craig Swiston, the founder of Lexicon Financial Group at Raymond James Investment Council. And uh, Craig, welcome. Uh, nice to have you join us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Craig, now I'm someone that's kind of allergic uh, to uh, people um, uh, in the financial industry. And one of the things I love about you is that you're very different. So perhaps we can kick off by asking you uh, to, to tell us a little bit more about yourself, because uh, I know you have an interesting background and uh, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more. Yeah, my, my journey to financial services is a little bit convoluted. It comes through the creative industry. I grew up in Winnipeg, uh, moved to uh, southern Ontario, to Toronto when uh, you know, in the mid '90s, and I was involved in the creative business. I worked in advertising and design. I ran my own design firm, communications agency, and then for a period of a number of years, I led the creative, the internal creative departments for a number of financial services companies, being their de facto creative director. And I think during that time, I learned a few things. One is really the importance of communication. Uh, in all aspects of what we do, to the, the power of design and making sure that messaging is consistent and clear. And the third thing is, is just making absolutely sure that uh, when we're sitting down and having conversations with businesses or with individuals, that we, we cut out all the cut out all the fat, get right to the point. And, and David, it's interesting, you said you have an, an aversion or, or an allergic reaction to kind of things, financial services, and, and that's exactly the point is we as an industry can do a better job of explaining complex financial concepts in simple language. And that really is the genesis behind the name Lexicon Financial Group, which is to try and redefine the language that we use when talking about investing, when talking about retirement planning, when talking about estate-related issues. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Craig, uh, because uh, a lot of people that uh, I've encountered in the financial services industry uh, typically will will work in that industry from, you know, in a very early age um, before possibly going into other areas afterwards. Now, you've gone the other way. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what made you uh, make the jump from, you know, that sort of creative side into, uh, you know, an industry which, which can sometimes be uh, a little bit mundane for us, uh, us mere mortals. Yeah, I think I think when you're working in the creative industry, whether you're working, you know, when you're working on a branding campaign for for a corporation, for example, or when you're working inside a corporation and putting together communications material, there's a distance that gets established between you and the end user. So you do live a little bit in an ivory tower where you you present these ideas, you present these concepts and you try to keep the client in mind. Um what I do now with the clients that we have, and, and we run a very small practice relative uh, to our peers, we try to keep the number of client relationships we have below 100 so that we can have that more closely intimate, personal one-to-one -one relationship. Part of the reason that I chose this path is, quite frankly, uh, I enjoy spending time talking with people. I don't, I don't enjoy spending time talking with numbers or with spreadsheets or with charts. Uh, it's easy to get lost in that when you're doing a branding campaign for a national organization where you have 25,000 customers. But it's more, it's more enjoyable for me to deal with 75 people or 80 people or 100 people. 
So I made the conscious decision to make my business or at least my approach to business a lot smaller by focusing on meeting the needs of individuals. That's a really interesting way to look at things because especially in the money industry, people want to make more money and more clients, but you've decided to take a whole different approach, which is relationship driven. How does that give you an edge with your customers? Give me some examples. Heather, I think it's a great question. I don't, I don't look at it as giving me an edge with my clients. It gives me an edge with myself personally because I can get personally involved in the things that my clients are interested in. Um, you know, one of the things that we kick around here as a phrase is we, we can't determine how we invest your money until we figure out why you're investing it in the first place. And that leads us down a path of actually getting to know what people are interested in, what they care about, um, you know, what their why is, if you want to use that terminology. And once we understand the reasons behind why people are investing, it's amazing the number of other things that we can do for them beyond simply sophisticated portfolio management. We're a discretionary portfolio management shop. We have a fiduciary obligation to always act in the best interest of clients, and we do that. But it's amazing the value we can add to the client relationship and, quite frankly, our own lives by helping people solve problems that maybe they didn't even know they had. Yeah, I'd love to hear an example or the questions you ask. Like, I'm so intrigued. Tell me more. Yeah, I'll give you a quick example. So um, we have a client, and uh, you know, she's a fairly accomplished watercolor artist. And her husband, unfortunately, had a stroke. And so that derailed her art career for a number of years. And so we were just having a conversation one day. And I asked her if she had managed to pick up the brushes again. And she said she was struggling to overcome her creative roadblocks. Um, and we had, a, we had a nice conversation. And then a week later, she called me and she said, did you do that? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, well, it's funny. This book on overcoming creative roadblocks just showed up at my door. I think it came from you. I said, I think it came from the universe. So from, from my perspective, we've tried to help somebody overcome a problem that they have in their life. What did it cost me? 20 bucks. Um, but it's meaningful to them in a way that's a little bit different. Yes, we are doing the money management. Yes, we're taking care of those things. But it goes to the fact that we actually care about what our clients are doing. And if we can use the network that we've built, if we can use the things that we've discovered or our experience to help them beyond the wealth management side of things, there's a reward in that that comes to us. And I, I keep saying that what we do is inherently selfish. It feels good to help people beyond what they expect of you from your day-to-day -day job. So I look at that as a personal reward for me and, the, and my team, as opposed to, you know, how is it building better relationships with clients? I know it's building better relationships with clients because they're not getting this level of this level of not service, but this level of care uh, through any of their other professional relationships. It's interesting what you just said there, Craig, because it's not about the money first and foremost. What you're saying is uh, your decision-making process is often influenced by how much you're feeling, I guess, fulfilled by, by helping one of these clients. And, and I know you've got a bunch of other examples as well. You just gave a very small one, um, but, but it sounds as if you actually care. Uh, and forgive my surprise there, but uh, given the industry, uh, uh, you do care, uh, which well, is which is phenomenal. Let me let me just color that a little bit, David, because it is about the money. We we are a portfolio management firm. We manage portfolios, and we we again we have this fiduciary obligation to align the strategies that we put in place for clients with their goals and yeah. objectives. But part of that is is spending a little bit, maybe a little bit more time, truly understanding the goals and objectives that people have. You know, our industry is great at doing things at a surface level. You know, we can, 
we can rely on financial calculators, we can rely on financial planning software, and we can, we can, you know, how much money do you need to retire? Well, you can't answer that question until you know what people want to do in retirement or what, mm -hmm. what retirement even means to them. Because what we're finding is that our clients really never retire. They're always going to be engaged in something. People are living longer, living healthier lives. Uh, and we need to do a little bit different planning. But if we know what really motivates people, it's amazing through the networks that we have, what we're able to, to, to introduce them to and opportunities that, that present themselves uh, all the time. Um, I have a client in France who's a, a published author. She's published three books. Um, she's working on another book. She wanted an editor for her book. So we use the network that we've built here through Corporate Connections and through one of the uh, chapter directors in, in Alberta, we were able to connect her with an editor who is currently working with her on editing her latest book. Um, I'm delighted to make those types of introductions. It helps her in a way that goes beyond the management of her portfolio, but you know, make no mistake about it, you, that is our responsibility is to, is to manage the portfolios in an efficient and compliant for, manner. For, for, forgive me all crazed clients, of course, uh, he does care about your money <laughs> at the same time. I know that it goes, it goes way beyond um, you know, the pure sort of financial management aspect, which for me is really interesting. And, and I know you're telling us the story before you came on. Uh, another international story about, um, I believe it was something to do with uh, uh, a rugby team uh, that you were uh, looking to looking to help out. Yeah, we had a, we had occasion to to sit down with a client um, in the summer in that brief window when we were allowed to meet people in person, and you know we get to talking about life goals, plans, bucket list items for a particular client, and he said, that, as a big rugby fan, he said that one of his bucket list items was to be able to learn to do the haka and was planning a trip to New Zealand or thinking about a trip to New Zealand. And wouldn't it be wonderful if he could learn to do the Hakka? So not only did we set him up with videos and, and resource guides on learning the Hakka, but we also called the New Zealand Rugby Federation uh, and some of their provincial associations to make wow. sure that when he's ready to go to New Zealand, um, they're more than willing to have, not the national team, but some of the provincial teams are more than willing to have him come out and learn how to do the Hakka. So, uh, could he have done that on his own? Absolutely, but he didn't. And so our ability to just maybe be a little more clever, a little more nimble, or have a little more, I don't know, je ne sais quoi, when it comes to, hey, we're just going to pick up the phone and chase this one down for people, uh, it means a lot to clients. They, they appreciate that for sure. Um, and it's, it's those small things that go above and beyond. Yes, we're managing the money. Yes, we're doing financial planning, tax and estate planning, we're doing insurance work for clients. But at the same time, if we if we recognize that there's a need and we can help, why would we choose not to do so? And the only way that we can do that, and this is by design, is because we're not, to come back to Heather's point, we're not obsessed with going from 100 clients to 200 clients to 500 clients. Because if you have 500 deep personal family relationships, you don't have time in the day to help beyond that. So we're not looking for infinite growth. We're looking to build a long-term sustainable business that allows us to continue to have meaningful impact in the lives of our clients. For, forgive me. I'm still stuck on the hacker. I'm really looking forward to seeing you try the hacker as well, Craig, uh, no, in the not too distant future. <laughs> I can't, I can't even imagine what that gentleman's, you know, talk with his friends after, you know, learning the haka and, you know, how did that happen? How did that come about? So, you know, that, 
that conversation happened more than once after that experience. And, you know, just imagine like talking about my financial advisor put that together because that is not your normal financial advisor type of activity. So Craig, I think, you know, you've really uh, honed in on something that's so important, which is that relationship building. And, you know, that's part of the, the DNA of corporate connections as well. So I'd love that you're, you're just, you're just thinking outside the box and using your creative energy. Now you do use your creative energy in other places. You have a very special passion project. And I had a moment uh, to talk to you uh, previously and I just, your excitement level, your energy around the before the business um, passion project. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that started and what it is? Yeah. How much time do you have? Um, (laughs) So before the business was a project that we started in uh, effectively, we started it in March of 2022 in the early stages of the pandemic. It became, I think, apparent that nobody knew what was going to happen or how COVID-19 was going to play out. But in my gut, I knew that it would have an impact on small business. So we decided to take it upon ourselves. You know, we had lost the water cooler conversation at the office where you could say, hey, hey, Heather, did did you try this restaurant or have you tried this, you know, this this local shop? Because we weren't in the offices anymore. So um, we started the, the process of promoting small businesses, and we chose to do that by sharing the origin stories of the entrepreneurs that created those businesses. So if you fast forward to today, uh, we've profiled 25 different entrepreneurs, told their origin stories. Those origin stories are all available online at beforethebusiness.com, and we started a podcast. And so we just released episode 12 of our podcast, which in you know 15 minutes or less, you, you get a chance to hear directly from an entrepreneur and the founder of a business about what inspired them, what some of their challenges might be, what keeps them up at night, and what keeps them going. And I feel that by connecting listeners, connecting people to those businesses through the art of telling a story, it, it does build a more meaningful connection between you know, the, the, the customer and the business. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, you know, Solid Leather is a company in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, you know, Jesse is the owner and proprietor of that business, and he makes uh, leather belts. That happens to be all he makes. But he also guarantees his belts for life. So if you're looking for a belt, you know, everybody needs a belt. Um, you, can, you can check out Solid Leather, and he'll show you videos of his belts pulling a semi-trailer across an airport tarmac. So if his belt can pull an airplane, it can sure hold up your pants. But why would you go and not buy sure a belt? About me, yeah, not but, sure about me. But, but why would you why would you not engage with that story? It's an interesting guy. He's got a great product, and he's in Peterborough, Ontario, and he's an he, he's an artisan. So to hear his origin story just builds a more meaningful connection between you and the belt. So when you're in the market for a belt, check out Solid Leather. Uh, and every entrepreneur that we featured has a similar story. Uh, some of them are smaller, like uh, like Jesse, and some of them are a little bit larger. But they all have an origin story. They all start with an idea. They all start with somebody who maybe they didn't know that they wanted to be in business. So there's that accidental entrepreneur. And some people were very deliberate about their choice to go into business. And what's really fascinating is to hear the stories of the entrepreneurs. If you listen to the stories back to back, there's a common thread that runs through it. But there's also some, some different elements. You know, Entrepreneurialism is not a straight line. It's a little bit of inspiration. It's a whole lot of perspiration. Sometimes there's a bit of luck involved, um, but I'm just in, continue to be inspired and amazed by what people can create uh, when they set their minds to it. And small businesses are the backbone of our economy. 
And uh, it's just, it's lovely to be able to support them in any way we can. And we really hope that people engage with the stories and then say, hey, that was an interesting story. I'm going to go check out their site online and maybe I'm going to buy something. Maybe I'm going to buy a belt or I'm going to buy some chocolates or I'm going to buy a canoe paddle. Because um, those are the types of people that we've, uh, we've been spending some time featuring and focusing on. I, I checked out the website. I spent a lot of time on it because uh, there was Christmas shopping to do. And I, a lot of the products were so unique and handcrafted, which is a totally different you know, way of, of buying gifts and, and looking at products. But I love that I, you know, I, I knew who the owner was. I knew who the inspiration was from. But the other outcome I think that's come from the podcast and the website is if someone has an idea and they're thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, they can listen to these stories and hear themselves in the same thought process. I don't know if that was also your inspiration, Craig, but it, it really, it really, I think, can inspire the entrepreneurs of the future as well and whatever age group you are um, to make that happen. So thank you for putting that together and, and promoting these and and there's so many businesses on there like there's pickles there's jams there's there's bowls there's knives there's like everything so i really encourage you to go check out before the business.com or listen to the podcast and craig you've just done a wonderful wonderful thing there it's a it's a really good passion project and when you talk about it like you said you can go on for hours well it's interesting yeah. sorry craig it's interesting though to me as well because you're not doing this uh, i believe you're not doing this to get new clients you're doing it because I think it's aligned with what you you expressed earlier in terms of your need to help people and obviously the fulfillment, you call it selfish, I call it fulfillment, um, from doing so. So uh, that's really interesting to me as well in storytelling. I mean, storytelling is is, is really powerful and impactful. And, and I think that uh, Canadians will and do support local businesses that they know about. And you're doing a fantastic job of actually getting those messages out there. Uh, so, yeah. you know, hats off to you. Well, thank you. And I, I appreciate that. I think, you, you know, you're right, David, it's it's not about my my main portfolio management business through Lexicon Financial Group. And in fact, the only thing that links those those businesses together is the fact that my name is attached to both of them. And, and I think that's it, it's important um, that we as a society continue to champion those small businesses in our community that are doing amazing things. So if any, if, if, uh, if David, you or Heather or anybody that's listening has a small business in their community that they're especially, you know, proud of, or just would be excited to, to, to have their origin story shared, please reach out to me. We're always looking for new guests for the podcast. Um, you know, we've, we've promoted 25 businesses. We've got 12 episodes up, but we don't, we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, we've featured it. 25 businesses from seven different provinces and uh, there's three provinces I'd love to tick off that list. All right. Let's get those ticked off for you, Craig. You did say something there that I just want to jump in on. You said the only thing connecting your business and your passion project is your name. And I actually just want to add in, I actually think there's more than that. What's connecting those two things is your heart because you lead both your businesses with your heart, with relationships. And that is a unique uh, attribute that isn't in the marketplace, is not in a lot of the financial pieces. That's why David was a little bit surprised, uh, you know, but uh, you really are leading with your heart and it's, it's just so wonderful to hear and feel it happen. And thank you for that. Uh, I, I think you're onto something with the relationship building, but leading with your heart is fantastic. Well, thanks Heather. It's um, I think that, you know, to circle back to an earlier question, I think 
this is the, the byproduct of coming up through a different industry set, coming up through a creative industry, coming up through communications, design and advertising, um, and then working in financial services and then making a conscious decision to build to, to build out the portfolio management business on sound financial principles, but also on the back of my value system. And so the clients that we have, uh, whether it's a foundation, whether it's a, a corporate client or whether it's a, a family, uh, we're really seeking for value alignment. And so some people have asked, you know, what's what's the minimum investment size for clients of yours? And there is no minimum investment size. There is a we at a minimum, we want to work with interesting people because uh, it enriches our lives. And if if we can help them and maybe they can help some of our other clients, we're really trying to create kind of a closed loop around uh, around these these types of relationships and and it's we all know how important relationships are and uh, we want to share that with with clients who maybe uh, maybe they've been stuck in a in an outdated model where their relationship with their broker is just i trade stocks once a quarter and that's not who we want to be that's not who we are so it's really it's really not just about uh, investing or helping them invest their money it's about helping them live more fulfilling and successful lives uh which to me is is really quite different than what i've heard i mean the question i have craig is is where do you see the rest of the industry going is this something that that you know you're leading on as a pioneer um and, and how do you see uh let's call it uh, the rest of the competition um potentially following suit in the future well, it's it's a bit of a loaded question, David. The, there's there's two things in there, probably more, but the two things I want to pick up on is, um, you know, first, I don't I don't know if the industry is going in this direction, and uh, the industry tends to be looking for businesses or processes that can be scaled, and you can't scale service, right? You you can mm -hmm. use technology to do amazing things. You can you can use technology to um, run better algorithms, smarter algorithms to help determine a better portfolio management strategy. You can use technology to enable clients to have more 24 seven access to their financial information, but you can't use technology to have a conversation with somebody about what's really going on in their life. So I don't see the industry, the industry is, uh, that is obsessed with scaling their businesses will not be doing what we're doing. The other part of scaling is I think the industry is overly focused and not just the financial services industry, but all industries seem to be overly focused on this paradigm of infinite growth, which is not possible. We've made the conscious decision to say, if we can build a good business, a profitable business, and take care of our clients at the same time, there is a point when enough is enough. We don't need to chase the next hundred clients. That's not what we're here to do. And I think that comes across in, in, in how we treat, treat clients. So I don't want to say I'm a pioneer. I'm just somebody who's chosen not to follow the path of infinite growth and not to follow the path of, of, of trying to scale every aspect of our business. There's certain aspects that absolutely can be scaled. And if we, we couldn't use technology, we wouldn't have time to dedicate to meeting the needs of clients for sure. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I, I see that unfolding. Thank you. Uh, and uh, to tell us a little bit, just perhaps before we close off um, outside of financial services, outside of, before the business, um, uh, I know uh, you do have one fault that you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, uh, but uh, what, <laughs> what do you get up to outside of outside of work in your spare time, Craig? Um, you know, I've got I've got a family with uh, with with two boys, and uh, we've come up 
my both my boys have grown up at the, in the hockey rinks. They both played competitive hockey. My oldest is off at university now. My youngest is finishing his last year of competitive hockey. I've been involved in coaching competitive hockey for the la- better part of the last decade, and so that takes a lot of a lot of time uh, away from now. So I've been involved in coaching competitive hockey for the last decade. That takes a lot of our time. I've coached both my my boys uh, when they were playing. I've also coached a number of different school teams. I spend an awful lot of time on skates, uh, a little less so now as one is off at university. I'm no longer coaching school hockey. I'm kind of looking forward to taking a bit of a, a bit of a break when my oldest is out of competitive hockey, but that just means I'll have more time to go to the rink and play hockey for myself. So hockey is a big part of our life. I I think that has something to do with growing up in Winnipeg, uh, where you can skate, you know, 11 months out of the year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Craig, thank you so much for sharing your values and how they've driven your creativity and your business plan and relationship building. I just, you know, when leaders lead with their values first, success always follows. And that is so apparent with how you're leading both your business and the Before the Business podcast and website for all the other entrepreneurs. You really are a shining star in all of those areas. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Appreciate the compliment, Heather. I think just my closing remark, I think it is very important for for everybody in any kind of a leadership position to understand that they don't know how they can help their next client. And it's really important for all of us um, as, as leaders in our own community to look to our networks to say, you know, how can I help Heather today? How can I help David today? And actually take the step to maybe trying to do something because, you know, it's hard enough out there to build a business, to make our way through through life. And if we can help each other just a little bit by introducing people to others in the moment of need, I mean, that's that's just a great, a great thing for us to all collectively be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Regardless of the industry. Uh, Craig Swiston, founder of Lexicon Financial Group at Raymond James Investment Council. Uh, thank you. Uh, for being a part of uh, the podcast today. Uh, please go check out Lexicon Financial Group and beforethebusiness.com uh, to, to learn a little bit more about some of the amazing stories that Craig has curated over the last 24 months. Heather, you're being a star as always. And to all our listeners, thank you. This has been Where Leaders Connect, a Corporate Connections podcast. And we will see you next time.